0: And welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I got my men, Sia Najad and Joel Shrek with me. We are talking the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. See ya. How you doing tonight, buddy?
1: Yeah, if I may. Uh, You know, I I understand that we've got COVID protocols and things of that nature and things need to get delayed and rescheduled, but it's kind of rude. For Roger Goodell to 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 have this Titans game going on right now during what they must know is our PGA time slot, so it's you know I'm just a little disappointed in the NFL. I'm not going to lie to you.
0: That that is a really good point. I didn't even think about it from that perspective. But really, they, I mean, honestly, we're probably uh, we might start drawing some of those ratings. They're probably not going to have Tuesday night shows too much longer. I can almost <laughs> promise you that, Joel. How you right. doing tonight, buddy?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen. I don't know what the Bachelorette was thinking. They're going to compete with us and the NFL. They had no chance tonight. I, that was silly of them, obviously. But one thing I was thinking as we were talking about this, has there ever been a game played on a Tuesday night?
1: I think there has. I, I think a couple of weeks ago when they were contemplating a Tuesday night, there might have been like a crazy snowstorm. This is like 20 years ago. I, I don't know. I might have dreamt that, but I, I know I heard something to the effect of it. One Tuesday night game at one time. So.
0: <laughs> okay. One right. Tuesday night game at one time. I mean, we are really digging into the record books tonight, folks. So we are here. As I said, we're talking the CJ Cup. We are out in Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. It is a no-cut event. So we have 78 players, the top 60 of the FedEx Cup, as well as some exempt players. We have a almost $10 million purse. And just in case you are curious, 500 FedEx Cup points are on the line. So I think that's, uh, that's kind of cool, I guess. Um let's start with you sia i mean talk to me about i know this is originally i was reading C's article which is free on Windaily sports so we all suggest you go over there check out his initial picks because you'll hear a lot about him tonight as well but it, this was this is originally played in south korea correct something right. crazy like mm-hmm. that and now we're here in las vegas i mean i get south korea and vegas mixed up all the time but i mean talk to me a little bit about i guess what what we're used to at this tournament and why we can throw all of it out the window
1: Exactly. I mean speaking of COVID, that, that's why they're not going, you know, international. They did do that with the Dominican, but going to South Korea is a whole different ball game obviously. So, yeah, it's at Shadow Creek. The only the only other event that anybody really knows of at Shadow Creek is that Tiger versus Phil event that happened I think a year mm-hmm. and a half ago or so. So, there's really not a you, there's there's no course history to speak of. I mean, there's there's rumblings about, you know, Dustin Johnson has played here once and allegedly has the course record, but I don't know if he's played once or ten times. I don't know who else. I mean, it's such a it's such a vague stat that we have on Dustin Johnson, who, by the way, has withdrawn. So, and then we have Tony Finau, who's withdrawn as well. So, it actually might be seventy six players now, unless those two spots have been filled, which I, I don't think that's going to happen with this particular tournament. So, um, yeah, we have seventy six, no cut. Um, Shadow Creek. It's a, it's kind of a long course, but you're you're dealing with high altitude, so those shorter hitters are absolutely in play. Um, The fairways are pretty wide, um, but you definitely don't want to get caught up in the rough here. Uh, They're tree line fairways. You don't want to be too errant off the tee. So personally, I'm I'm focused on guys that can hit it long because that's going to help you, but I'm just as focused on accuracy off the tee personally. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to bump up around the green game just a little bit because I think that might factor in here as well because the greens are kind of small relative to other uh, PGA tracks. So that's what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, Shadow Creek is... Probably the coolest name for a course. I don't know. It sounds so cool. It's unfortunate. They only play one event every, you know, five years here. If that, Um, Joel, what are you looking at when we're, uh, we're just checking out the field? As you said, a couple guys already out one of two of the top most expensive guys on the DFS side of things. I mean, how are you looking at these 76 players? And, you know, last week you were very heavy on Cantlay and Deshambo, which I mean, when I was checking, both of them did really well. I don't remember how the rest of your lineup ended up, but talk to me a little bit about what you're looking at this week.
2: Yeah, so I think one thing to think about, well, it's funny. Shadow Creek in Las Vegas, you can only imagine what types of things go down in the oh, Shadow Creek in Las good. Vegas, right? So uh, I hope that this week we get some stuff go down as well. Um, I think I'll uh, echo some of what, what Sia was saying. The the challenge with with this week is there's really no course history to go, go off of to, to kind of tailor to, and you know, normally in a, in a Vegas tournament, you'd want to go, like, maybe we'll look at desert courses to compare. But everything I'm reading says don't do that. This plays more like, you know, one of your typical North Carolina courses or something like that. So basically it's telling you throw out all the data because there's really nothing to go off of and basically just play off form because that's probably the most likely thing that will that will translate this week um, in the field. I think one thing I like this week about the field is that there's no cut So like, I know I, I've said this before – you know, with showdown, which is really like kind of what I specialize in, I tend to wait till Saturday and Sunday when the the field gets shrunk, and now you get the whole f- starting on the weekend. You get the, the smaller field, so I just like being an hour on my plays um, on a seventy-eight person field. So from that standpoint, there's going to be some guys I probably have a little bit more conviction on than normal. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's, it's it's a tough to kind of read because everything's going to be pretty brand new. Now, yeah. wait, the one other thing I, I do want to say is when you look at the Dusty, yeah, I read the same thing about. Justin Johnson has the course record. He's not playing this week anyway. That doesn't matter. But the one thing that is telling about that is the score was 66. So if the course record is 66, that's nothing. Like, if that's the best anyone's ever shot on this course, we don't expect guys to really duplicate that. Means I don't expect the scores to be all that low this week. So with that being the case, um, you know, you want to just target guys that are going to be able to maybe do good on, on tough courses and things like that.
0: Yeah. And that's also one of those where we probably are going to just want to doesn't really matter about the Ryan Palmers of the world. Shout out Ryan Palmer. Hopefully he comes on the podcast. We don't care about the guys that can hit 100 birdies and 100 bogeys. We're really just worried about the people that are going to finish in that top five, top 10, top 15. So I think that's pretty important. So let's jump right into it. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. One yep. one caveat to that because there are differing opinions there. So there there are you know I've, I've listened to a couple things in the last couple of days where some of the guys who got there before their practice round were thinking, oh this is going to be an easy place to to pick up birdies. And then once they got there and like for a practice round, for example, they realized the course was a little tougher than they anticipated. You know, the greens were faster, the, the the rough was higher, things of that nature. So I think we might be surprised, but I'm not sure which way we're going to be surprised. But, okay. but with that said, I don't think it's going to be a super hard course, but I don't think it's going to be a super easy course. So I think, I mean, I'm guessing here to some degree, but I think we're going to see scores. You know, sometimes we get those easy courses and it's like somebody wins at minus 24 or something. We're not going to have that, but I don't think this is going to be like the winner's minus six. I think we're going to see like minus fifteen, maybe minus sixteen, being so birdies are absolutely going to be you know important as is a finishing position, but uh, you know we'll kind of see. I think it'll be a touch easier though than like your average PGA course.
0: Awesome, I like that. I appreciate it, see. So yeah, let's jump into this high end of players. We had two guys above the eleven K number, as we already said. Dustin Johnson is gone. So we have John Rahm as your highest priced player at eleven three uh, we then have Justin Thomas Rory McIlroy Xander Shoffley and Matthew Wolf. if I'm not mistaken he just uh, did he tie he did something pretty good last weekend I don't remember but
1: yeah he um, went to a playoff um, and playoff. lost to Martin Laird by the way on Friday I put 12 bucks on him at 67 to 1 to win it all and when he got to that playoff I was feeling pretty comfortable mm-hmm. but uh, Martin Laird made a nice putt it's a nice feel good story but as far as my wallet that doesn't feel quite as good because I, I feel like yeah. I should be $800 richer so yeah
0: well, I would have already spent that money for you, Sia. So don't worry. Um, talk to me, Sia, about this top end of player. I mean, Dustin Johnson being at 11-1-1, um, now taking him out kind of just makes those guys below him a little bit more value, honestly, at that point. So how do you feel about this top lev- level of player and uh, where you're looking to go here this week? <laughs> Yeah, I
1: don't want to spend too much time on 10,000 and above only because there's there's very few arguments you can make against these guys. I mean, it, like when I first looked at this, I was already fading Dustin Johnson personally. So I'm kind of mad that he's not in the tournament because mm-hmm. the guys I like here are obviously now that's going to get dispersed upon some of those guys. The, the guys that really jump out at me, and I'm not normally a Xander guy, but he really jumps out at me. I mean, his form has been really good. He was fifth at the U.S. Open, as you recall. He's great at these no-cut events. I'm not sure whether you sort of buy into that sort of thing or not, but – you know, I, I think of the three or four tournaments he's won. Um, well, I think there's he's won four PGA tournaments, and I think three of them were no cut events. So he clearly is good with this type of setup. He's good on the West Coast. He's he has a good track record in Vegas. He's the guy that jumps out the most. If I had to go second best for me, it would be John Rahm, and then Matthew Wolf. Um, I re- I just like Matthew Wolf in general. Obviously, you just heard I t- I took him out right um, after day one last week. I- I've had him in DFS the last few times he's been out there. Uh, The only thing against him is he did go to a playoff and he did lose. And, you know, typically you don't want to like back that guy again, just like you sometimes don't want to back the winner a second time because the odds of him being in a playoff scenario or winning are very low. But um, I don't not like Rory or I don't not like Justin Thomas. Those guys are fine. But I'll tell you of that tier, Justin Thomas is going to be the most popular in terms of ownership and then it look it's looking like John Rahm's going to be second most popular and Xander's going to be third. So my starting point in most of these is probably going to be with Xander and then um, Matthew Wolf, and I'll have a couple lineups with Rahm and Thomas, perhaps.
0: I love it. And so you bring up Xander Shoffley, and I just have the uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook odds in front of me as well. And even though Rory McIlroy is the third most expensive, Xander Shoffley actually has the third best odds to win. So just... Something to pay attention to. Something Noted. to pay Absolutely. attention to. Joel, talk to me a little bit. How do you like this top tier player?
2: Yeah. So, to start, I don't mean to toot our own horns, but the first thing I'm going to do is toot our own horn. Uh, and we did say, uh, it was just a couple weeks ago, uh, that Matthew Wolf was underpriced on DraftKings. He's not getting mm-hmm. the respect he deserves. And we're going to look forward a couple weeks from now and he's going to be in the top range. And look what happened. A couple weeks from now, he's in the top range. So, yeah. um, Good job, us. Thank you. Um, with that being said, um, I like Matthew Wolf. Uh, he's playing great. Uh, there's not much, like, there's nothing not to like about him. I think, um, you know, one thing that's initially a turnoff is when you say, like, I've said this before: is when you see a guy whose price has gone up. Like, I'm comfortable with him at 8k, and now he's 10k, so this looks weird. Uh, but he's listen. He deserves to be at this price range. This is what he is, um, and he's consistent, right? And I think that's the type of guy that we're, that I'm looking for this week is a guy with consistency. Uh, I mean, he shot a ridiculous eight under. He really could have and easily should have won last week. So I see no reason to go back to the to the well with him. Um, listen, there's no reason. That I, I like the guy. Obviously, these are the best golfers. Like, there's nothing not to like. I just I'm not going back to my stars and scrubs this week. I think my play for this week is going to be a more balanced approach. So I'm not too heavy on this uh, $10,000 um, range just further because I think it's a better contraster construction week with kind of going more balanced. Um, Just looking at the field, if I were to play someone, you know, something to note is that Justin Thomas won this tournament two of the last three years. However, it was in South Korea. It's a different course. So hard to really kind of compare the two. But um, listen, Justin Thomas is also just unbelievable at golf and I'll never be shocked if he wins any tournament. So, um, you know, always going to have a few shares of him because of how well he's playing. And uh, going back to my well, as always, I'm going to take a couple looks at Rory this week just because. He's been driving the ball great. His approach still needs some work. He needs to get back. But now that the baby's here, he's settling in with the baby. Maybe he's, it's time for him to get his game right. So I'll look at Roy a little bit as well.
0: I love it. Every single week, every single, it, it, the number C and I are going to start making odds for every time you're going to bring up Rory and be like, well, he's one of the best in the world. He has to be good at some point. You just love making excuses for this guy. We all know he's very good at golf. And and your point to Justin Thomas as well. It's like, yeah, he's won the tournament the last two years, but it's not in the same place, but he's still one of the best golfers on the <laughs> earth. So that's just a good enough reason to pick him. But man, I can't wait next week. I don't know where we're going to be, but I can almost guarantee if Rory's there, you're going to have something good to say about him. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully he does something good for you this week. Uh, Joel, we'll, we'll stay over here with you in this 9K range. As you said, going to be a little bit more balanced. So I'm assuming that those 11, those high 10s are going to be a little out of the way. Patrick Cantlay didn't do too bad for you. We're, Brooks Kepka's back from the dead. Uh, we have Colin Morikawa. Um, Tony Finau is out. Daniel Berger, how are you looking at this 9K range and where are you looking to go with some of your players?
2: Yeah, I'll, I like this 9K range. I would say my my bread and butter is going to be the 8K range. However, um, when looking at the the guys here that that I am liking, uh, probably start a little bit lower. Morikawa, um, I want to see before how much I play him, what his ownership percentage is going to look like closer to Wednesday night. uh, Because that's going to be a big factor for me. If I see him trending around 15% or below, um, I'm going to play him more. I just think he gets a little bit overlooked. Even on a year where he's played great and he's had so much success this year, I still think he gets a little bit overlooked. I think it's one of those things where like, he, he he's placed into that 9,500 category and people feel like he should probably be like 9,000 or 8, which I don't know why because he's great. So for that reason, um, I think I'm going to – I like him. But if his ownership gets up under the 20 percent, then because we're playing GPPs, I'm not sure if he makes sense there. Um, I love Berger. Berger is one of those guys that has now just become like a staple of my lineups. Um, he's great. He's always – he's pretty consistently great um and like this is the type of course where i think he kind of shows out where um there's like this is going to sound bizarre because it's in las vegas in the desert but what i've read is that there's like at least nine water holes on this course which means like there's just a ton of obstacles to go around and that's the type of course where i think Berger will do really well he's really good at avoiding mistakes and staying out of a mess so i think he'll be consistent he'll stay out of trouble um and if he, he posts one pretty low day i think he'll be right in the mix come Come Sunday, the last guy in this range that I want to mention is Hideki. So Hideki heading into last week was like his ball striking metrics were like first, second, like crushing it. Didn't have a great week last week, but what's typically his downfall is his putter. And he actually putted well last week. He didn't really play well in the other area. So the expectation is that's not him. He's going to strike the ball well. That's what he does. He'll get back to that. And if he continues to putt well, then he can be in for competing to win the tournament.
0: I love it. I love it. See you talk to me about more Berger, and some of these other guys in the 9k range.
1: Well, first of all, I I do have to reiterate what I said last week, because we talked about Cantlay and we talked about Matsuyama and how, you know, everybody thinks they're always going to be good and they're always going to win. And what did I say? I said, we have this image of them that they're this thing, but they're never this thing. They never seem to win the tournaments. And we always put them on this pedestal. Like they're in the same category as your Xanders and your, your Justin Thomas's and and people like that. So, uh, you know, If I'm projecting between the two, I actually like Cantlay a little bit better than I like Hideki, but I'm just not going to be on those guys because I think they're constantly overvalued. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as the other guys I like in this class, I do like Morikawa. I think he is going to be a little popular. I think he's going to end up being over 15%, probably in that 17% range. You know, he's from this area. He lives in Vegas. You'd think that would have helped him last week. But again, last week he missed the cut, just like Hideki missed the cut. So... Morikawa was the type of guy that can turn it around in a second, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not super worried about the miscut. If if anything, that gets him maybe more dialed in. But the guys I like more than Morikawa, I will have Colin Morikawa. But the guys I like more, Terrell Hatton, who just won out in Europe. I mean, he's had to travel quite a bit just the last couple of days, so that's not great. But he's a guy in a no cut event I really like because he can go low any given day. Um, Daniel Berger I also like, um, and then Victor Hovland at nine thousand. You know these. These rookies are former rookies of, of, of Morikawa and Matthew Wolf and Hovland. There's always like a new flavor of the week. Every three months, we think one one is better than the other two, and it literally just goes on a rotation like a hamster wheel. Well, I think Hovland is, is as good as any of these guys. Matthew Wolf has the advantage because of his length off the tee, but I think Hovland is in the same class as Morikawa and Wolf, and any given tournament can finish ahead of them. So at 9,000, I actually think you're getting a pretty good bargain. His ownership percentage appears to be less than 15%. So I'm all about that. I love all the young guys, but I like Hovland's value the best.
0: I like that. You can get Victor Hovland plus 3,300 over on DraftKings Sportsbook. So I like that. So, uh, Joel, you did say this 8K range coming up. This is your, you're going to, you're going to butter your bread in this range. So talk to me a little bit. Um, new haircut, new digs, new apartment, looking good. How are you making money this week, buddy?
2: Yeah, so first thing, I'm sorry, Sia, I I, uh, I think we disagree on that. I I just, I think this course is going to play, listen, not the toughest course all year. I just think it's going to be a tougher course. So with that being said, um, one of my plays is Matthew Fitzpatrick because he excels on tough courses. So I like him this week with the thought being that if it's a tough course, that's an area that he does well. So if I'm wrong and you believe see then don't play him because that's the, thought, the reason why I'm playing him. And I could be wrong. Listen, I don't have much of an insight into it other than just like a few articles I read that are kind of talking about the course. Um, so for that reason, I like him. He like, you know, like I said, I can't go off course history. I, there's not much else to go on. So if it's gonna play like a tougher course, that's an area where I know Matthew Fitzpatrick has had success this year. Um, Scotty Scheffler is another guy I want to go back to the well to uh, because of the advanced kind of ball striking metrics. Um, listen, I'm not he had COVID. I'm not going to hold the tournament against him that he came right back from it. Um, so if we kind of just give that a wash, his numbers, his advanced numbers are really good. Uh, and so I don't see that changing. I, I actually think um, I don't know if I'll go as far as a discount, but I think he's at least fi- priced fairly, if not, maybe a slight discount. So I like the value we're getting with him here. Sung J M is like super streaky from like a long-term perspective. So there's a lot of guys that are streaky short-term like Siwoo Kim who like can get hot one day and then like the next day kind of fall apart. Sung J M is the long-term streak in that, you know, he goes stretches where he's like a top 10 golfer and then stretches where like he's like nothing. And then he comes back to stretches where he's like a top 10 golfer. And right now – he, like, early in the summer, he disappeared and was not performing. And now he's heading back into that, like, I'm playing well. He's had a bunch of top 25s in his last few outings. And he's – I I don't want to misquote, but he's, like, t- definitely top three off the tee in getting strokes. So he's killing the ball off the tee. Um, I think this could be a good course where you want somebody who's going to be solid off the tee. Uh, and I, I think this is a good spot for him to – listen, I don't think he's going to win the tournament. But I think it's a good spot for him to get in the top 10 or top 15, which will help you cash in the GPP um I love Harris English and now I, 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 this is the feel I told you i really like these guys Harris English is one of my favorite plays this week mainly because I think he's just undervalued. I think his price range should be about a thousand dollars more so getting him at this price I think it allows you to be really creative with your lineups in terms of how you're putting together you know six guys so um he's playing really well he didn't make the cut last week but he played like he was like two strokes off he was playing pretty well. I think last week was more of like a lot of guys where it was like one of those courses that was a little easier so guys who aren't as good, we're getting some lower scores. Listen, he didn't make the cut. That is what it is. But I don't. I don't look at it as he was playing poorly. I think other guys were just playing well. So I think this week could be a week a good bounce back spot for him. Uh, two more guys in this range I want to mention. Sergio is is similar to him in that like long term streakiness where it's like when he's feeling it, he's good for a few tournaments in a row, and he's feeling it right now, right? He's had two good tournaments. He won the tournament two ago. Last tournament he did well. I think he's going to be back again here. He's striking the ball really well. He's a great ball striker. Um, I think this is a good spot, especially at this price range, to, to squeeze Sergio in your lineups. Um, and then the last guy in this range that, that I'm going to mention is Abraham Anser. Uh, he's a guy that I think we all love, right? I think we, we mention him all the time. I know Sia loves Answer, and I'm sure he'll be kind of bringing him up too. Uh, but he, he's another one of those guys that's in good form. I loved like loved Answer when the restart started early in the summer, and he put together – a few top tens in the first few tournaments. And he's starting to look in that same shape again, where it's like he fell off a little bit, but it looks like he's starting to get back up into that form. So uh, I'm going to pl- plug him in, my Labs, this week as well.
0: Yeah, I've been looking. Uh, I'm looking here again with Answer. He's at 8,200 on DraftKings Daily Fantasy. He actually, his odds are 3,300 to win the tournament, which is right behind Daniel Berger and Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, burger at 28, Fleetwood at a flat three. So again, like the 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 odds to win versus his price, he, he should be priced if we're just looking at the odds portion of it, a little bit closer to that nine thousand, but you can get him at eighty two hundred, which is, you know, either DraftKings and DraftKings aren't talking very well to each other. Maybe they're in an argument. I don't know. But clearly there is a disparage. There is some value. There is some arbitrage in the middle there that we could take advantage of, which I think that's it's pretty important. Um, and also I just want to mention Julian spratling does have a question uh it's about betting if i were to bet 150 dollars each on two different people who should i bet um we will get to that julian i promise you that because there is a betting portion of the show is probably coming up in about 15 minutes 15 20 minutes um we also suggest not to put $150 down on anybody, but I mean, if we're doing, no, what, no, we're doing no,
1: it, no, no, so. no, no, no. So, so understand that what he's saying here, cause like literally w- we pick guys that are like 40 to one or higher. W- mm. w- what he's saying is, is like, give me the guys that are like, you know, you can uh, go ahead and give me a long shot if you want, or a, mid- a middle middling long shot. But like, Give me the guys you actually think are going to win the tournament. So I don't think it's going to take 15, 20, like Julian in like 10 to 15 minutes. We'll have the guys that like we have as outrights, but in terms of maybe like a safer outright, which you, we typically don't pick on the show, like we'll, like I have one in mind for you right now. But then as far as the second one, we'll, we'll get to that in about 10, 15 minutes.
0: I forgot. That's how normal people bet on golf. Um, I think that's something to remember. I guess I got to do that. What do you got, Joel? Well, also, Julian,
2: let us know if you are only looking to pick a winner, right? Because there's other ways to bet on golf, and you don't have to bet. Like, betting on a winner is, is a long shot. No matter what, you're to pick one of 78 guys. Like, if you want to bet a matchup this week or a top 20 or top 30, which is not as much of a long shot, and more likely to cash, like, we'll definitely give you some of those plays as well, which I would be more recommended if you're going to make a $150 bet to do on something like that than just picking the winner for the week. Mm,
0: I love it. Um, so we will get to that, Julian. Thank you for asking. See ya, Talk to me about this 8K range and where you're looking to go.
2: So I'll be uh, pretty quick here.
1: So I like Scotty Scheffler as well. He's a classic guy that you'd want in a, in a potential no cut event because he can have a bad day and then the next day he can you know shoot seven under. So I like him. I actually think his like like Joel said, I think his price is very fair and it doesn't look like his ownership is as high as I would have expected. So it's less than fifteen percent, for example, at least right now. Uh, keep in mind, by the way, this is a seventy six person field now. Two top tier guys are gone, so you're going to see percentages that are higher than a mm-hmm. you know one hundred fifty six person field. So so if you see someone that's 15%, and you're like, oh, sh- shoot, like, I-, I wish they were 11%. Well, it actually kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. settles out because we have half the field here. The other 8K guys that I, I know I will be on, um, I don't really love Sung Jae-in, but I'll tell you, I like him in a matchup that we'll talk about in about 15 minutes. I like Sergio as well. Um, not a ton. I'm not going to have a ton of him. I do like Abraham Answer. He really had a bad. Back end of his season but he looks to be one of those like beginning of the season guys that really like builds momentum that happened this last year too and and he finished fourth last week so he's obviously in good form and you know he's not super long off the tee but he's kind of long enough and his approach game is really good so I think he's going to be just fine on this particular track the other guy you know what I think that's it for the 8k range to be honest with you Sergio Abraham answer um, and Scotty Scheffler are my favorite of that crew. And and by the way, I don't mind Matthew Fitzpatrick here. I'm just not usually a guy a Matthew Fitzpatrick guy. Um, but I got to admit, you know that there have been times
0: he's shined in the last couple months. So you're much more of a Matthew Wolf guy than a Matthew Fitzpatrick guy. I'm going to have to give you that. Um, See, so yeah, we'll just stick with you then. Let's talk about the seven K range. I mean, if you're not going too deep into the eight Ks, I'm assuming you got a couple more plays in the seven K range.
1: Yeah, I, there's there's a good amount of seven K guys I like. Um, I'm I'm. To be honest with you, though, I'm trying to narrow my field this week, especially since there's, like, lesser golfers. Mm -hmm. I I mean, there's only so many I'm going to have. And, honestly, I did so well last week. And, by the way, shout out to the entire Wind Daily team because, let's see, we had Who's a, who's a subscriber, but but yeah. also I, I think he might do some writing for us. I'm not 100% sure about that. He won $20,000 in, in a PGA showdown. Um, we have, of course, um, Stephen Pilar, Pilari, who is um, at Sicily Kid. He's one of our writers. He has that big Wednesday article that every WindailySports.com member really, really loves. He won 10000 in a huge contest that happened to be a super low entry that, that he entered and hit second place for 10000 like I said. I did really well. I tripled my money. Um, and I, I, that's for me, that that's pretty solid because I didn't have a lot of entries last week. So I was pretty happy with that result. I finished fifth out of, um, like 2,300 in one contest. So it didn't pay out as much as I expected, but it was still, you know, solid. Okay. So, uh, anyway, that that's just a, a quick shout out to the whole yep. Win daily team. Yeah, my man, bad. Been really good. And it's, wow. and it's cause for me, no, no, not at all. It's caused for me to sort of narrow my field, especially with, with what we already have as a narrow field. So the, the seven K guys I like, I like Brendan Todd. So, Brendan Todd, especially on courses where we're like, oh, you want to be long here. You know, I noticed last year we said that a lot. And for some reason, one of the shorter hitters, Brendan Todd, was always there on Sunday. So he's super accurate. He's not going to be long. He's not going to be, he's not going to have a lot of eagle opportunities on this course. But, you know, you get him on the right weekend and he's just going to hit a lot of birdies and he's going to have a nice finishing position. So, If, if Joel's right, that this is a harder course, which he very well could be, you know, Brendan Todd is one of those guys that can just churn out pars and get a couple birdies. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's fifth place going into Sunday. So I I always like Brendan Todd just because I think he's so underappreciated. Um, As I go down the list, I'm not on Rose. I'm not on Woodland. I think Neiman is interesting, but a lot of other people think Neiman's interesting, which is why he's tracking at almost 20%. He's a long hitter. You know, he had a pretty good week last week from what I recall. Um, Bubba Watson is a guy that Stephen Pilarity at Sicily kid likes because his actual game fits this in terms of how he is, how he hits the shots and he's a lefty and, and, um, how he attacks holes. It actually sets up nicely for Bubba Watson. I'll tell you, I'm not going to be on him much, but that's an interesting note. And we can talk about that more in discord. Billy Horschel, I think is interesting just because it's such a cheap price. And he's a, he's a guy that can be, you know, right up there with, with the winner's or at least the um, potential winners on Sunday. And then finally, Russell Henley. He's just been very good lately, and, and I think he's going to be fine on this course. And at 7,100, I think that's a pretty good bargain.
0: I love it. Yeah, looking at some of these guys going through, uh, a lot of names that we know, a lot of people that we like. I mean, Bubba Watson, man, everybody remembers that Masters, right? So, um, Joel, talk to me a little bit about the 7K range and where you're looking to, uh, I know you're going a little more balanced this week than you were last week. So uh, who do you got in this range here?
2: Yeah, I'm aligned with Sia on uh, Brendan Todd in the in the thought of there's a, there's a, they keep telling us there's going to be a lot of hazards on this course, a lot of obstacles, and he's known to be one of the most accurate guys off the tee. So he should be able to avoid all the hazards. Um, I think he can go really low, and I think, you know, a spot on. If, if it plays difficult, then he's going to be a guy that, that should excel on this course. So for those reasons, I, I really like him. I also like, as more of a, we're all talking tournament plays anyway, but more of like a contrarian play, not something I'm going to play super heavy on, but, I think Justin Rose is an interesting play this week because, again, he's another guy I like to see his final ownership percentages on. Uh, and just in full transparency, typically a guy I never target. He's not like one of my guys that I like going to. So I just think he's, he's a guy that is, uh, is a good spot to get different. I think we're getting a big discount on him. He's typically probably about $1,000 more. So at this price point, if you're building a roster that you really like and you can squeeze him in there, I think you're probably just getting a, maybe a, a bit of a better golfer for this price than, uh, than the price indicates. Now, on the opposite side, Gary Woodland is a guy that I normally do play. He is one of my guys. Um, however, his form has been like just pretty poor. and I don't know what happened to him. Um, you know, there's nothing out there saying that this is going to be the week that he returns. This is kind of that funny. Like, this is my Rory thing. It's like there's no logical reason to go to him, but he's just too good. Like, he has to get back. So, again, small percentages, not going to go a lot because there's no logical reason, but he's just. He's probably a better golfer, and because of his poor recent form, his prices dipped. So you want to get him in there because when he, if he comes out and finishes top five next week, he's going to be eighty eight hundred, and not going to, be able to squeeze him in at seventy eight hundred. So for those reasons, when you're squeezing in lineups, and these are the last guys when you're squeezing, those could be really good ways to do so. Um, you know, I like Joaquin Neiman this week. I think his form is pretty good, so. From a guy in terms of just targeting form, I think that's really all we can go off of this week. From that perspective, I like him. Um, not, not a love, but, but definitely a guy I like. Um, I, I do like Alex Noren a lot. I think this is a course, um, the type of course where he usually excels at, right? Where he'll play pretty safe. He's really good around the green. So as long as he avoids obstacles, that around the green game should really help him kind of score low, especially around those tougher greens and things like that. And his recent form is, it was like a month ago. It was great. Now it's still pretty good. I mean, it's definitely not poor. Uh, So I still think he's a guy that um, is is trending in the right direction. I'm, you know, I'm normally a guy that does target Bubba. I'm probably not going to play too much this week. Um, He's the type of guy that I just don't, he's, I don't see him coming out of, out of like left field. He's usually a guy that's like, he's played a few tournaments. He's starting to get hot and then he hits. So he hasn't, I haven't seen him do anything recently. So therefore I don't think he's just going to come out and, and, and ball out. So therefore I'm going to, probably shy away from Bubba for the most part uh but the last few guys in this range i do want to mention is siwoo kim if you guys remember i think i said i mentioned him last week as well he played great um he was the highest praised golfer in three tournaments ago and obviously it's a different field that's why he's not but uh he's still playing really well and he's a guy that like is pretty streaky from a sense that when he's hot he can be he's just as good ball striking numbers and everything else as any other guy in the field the last uh, well, I, I I'm with you on Russell Henley. I actually think he's one of the best value plays in this in this slate. I think he's underpriced. He's been playing great. He's a good great, great guy. He'll probably be one of my higher owned uh, golfers this week. And the last guy I'll mention is Sebastian Munoz. So if you guys remember, like three four tournaments ago, he was on fire. I mean, he was up in the top ten. Um, he was looking great. And so I just think this is a guy that you know you're just catching him in good form. Um, he's he would normally be sixty you know, mid to low 60s. So I think you're getting probably a bit of a good price. I mean, he's only 7,000. He's not that much higher, but uh, I think it's a good price and a guy that, that's playing really well.
0: Yeah, uh, just looking here, it was the BMW and the Tour Championship. He was tied for eighth at both events. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. And just one thing, Alex Noren, I'm surprised you're on him. He looks old and we know how you're kind of against. <laughs>
2: he's you know, not old. Stuff. He's not that old. He's, he's old. Like, he may be 40. Maybe? He
0: looks weathered. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Weathered.
2: He's not that old. Weathered the same.
0: You, I don't know how old these people are. I just can judge their pictures and that's just going by your metrics, man. I'm not. Going fa- by
2: your uh, you know what? That's a fair. It's a fair thing to highlight for the users because you don't want anybody that's too old and nope. dragging. When you realize fat, that you want, hate fat that you put money too. on the old <laughs> fat guy, you're disappointed. Like, why did I put money on the old fat guy? That's five over. That's disappointing.
0: Just saying, man. I don't know how old he is, but he looks it by his DraftKings pictures. <laughs> so I just want to say that. Um Okay, right. so just so
1: you know, um, yeah. and I understand that you're like 16 years old, but he's only 38, so he's probably old to you. Like what? You, like what are you? Generation like Z or something. What what are we calling you?
0: You're telling me this guy's 38 years old. He's 38 years old. He does look weathered, but he's out. He's outdoor all the time. I mean, so are all these other guys. That's true. None of them look like they're 50. Like Jesus. All right. You know Um, what the lesson is? You know what the lesson is? Um,
1: Ladies and gentlemen listening and not watching football or the bachelor or bachelorette or whatever. Uh, um, Put your sunblock on, folks. Apply.
0: Sunblock. You're welcome, Bullfrog. America. Shout out Bullfrog, sponsor the pod. Oh, Don't wow. get
2: Alex okay. Noran and look really old when you're only yeah. thirty eight years old. And you know what? If <laughs> what Alex Norrin wants to come on the podcast and discuss that with us, I'd be yeah. happy to talk to him because he needs to upgrade his skincare routine, And I can tell him how to do it.
1: Yeah, his, um, his so we invite too. we invite him
0: by insulting him, essentially. <laughs> like, hey, hey your skin, it sucks. Come on the show. We did that with Cody Parkey. That never worked, unfortunately. He's he's kicking field goals, so clearly he's above us now, but it is what it is. Um, awesome. Great little segue there. Oh, that's not even a segue. I guess that's a tangent. Uh, that was a fun one, though. Great job. Great job all around. So, yes, Bullfrog sponsored the pot. Uh, and we will then try and get Alex Norrin on and tell him how he needs to put on more sunblock. Yeah, man, just looking at his picture, he looks way older than 38. His hairline doesn't help either. Um, all right. Sia, talk to me about, we have the six K range. Of course we have to mention Sia's secret weapon, the SSW as our good friend, Stephen Pollardy likes to call it. Um, how'd you do? So our secret weapon is a draft a player under the price of seven K that is under 5% owned that Sia hits on pretty much every single week. Now this week's a little different, obviously because there is no cut. Oh, yeah. So, like kind of one of your calling cards is getting what i'm sorry
1: i'll still have a secret weapon but oh, you're right, it's well, different. Yeah, I'm, yeah
0: yeah usually <clears throat> one of the calling cards is these guys always make the cut meaning if you can just kind of get them into your lineup they do very well and they, they at least hit value nine times out of ten which is important i think you missed one a couple weeks ago how did you do who was your secret weapon last week at shriners
1: I actually can't remember who it, who it was uh okay. I, it didn't he didn't make the cut though oh from no. what i recall i no, can't remember two. who it is was oh and two yeah, it's the two out of like probably like 14 or 15 that I've missed. It what have you done to be for consecutive. Me lately,
0: bud? <laughs> it's what true. What have you done for me lately? I'm just <laughs> saying. All right. So Sia is going to have that. You can find the CS secret weapon in the expert Discord chat, windailysports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in the expert Discord chat. You get to ask everybody, Joel, myself, Sia, Stephen, the rest of the lo- lovely Win Daily team, anything you want, that includes football, includes the couple last days of baseball. Um, I think that's all MPGA, of course. Uh, LOL, too, if you want to play some League 11, that's always fun. But see, talk to me about this 6K range and uh, outside of your see a secret weapon, where are you looking to go?
1: So again, it's a no-cut event. Uh I like a lot of 6K players, but just keep in the back of your mind you do want birdie makers and you do want guys that potentially could finish top 20 and get you some extra extra points for finishing position. So, um and by the way, I think a lot of people are going stars and scrubs. From from what I'm hearing and what I'm gathering, a lot of people are going stars and scrubs. So I actually like Joel's approach to be contrarian via a balanced approach cuz I really think people are going to try to jam in one or two of those Upper crust guys that are 10k or above, and then just kind of let the chips fall where they may with like an 8k guy, a 6k guy, and a 7k guy. So balance is contrarian, which isn't always the case. So just kind of keep that in mind. But as far as the 6k guys, when when you're doing Stars and Scrubs, or you know, you're going to have to dip into this range quite a bit. You know, it's interesting. This is a guy I hate, but this is a no cut event, and I almost put him in the same category as a Scotty Scheffler in terms of. I don't really love his game, but he can go super low. He just hasn't been good lately, which, unless there's an injury I don't know about, this is why he's 6,800 and it's Mark Leishman. Mark Leishman at 6,800 is just eye popping. I mean, to win the tournament, he's 175 to 1. It's just like literally, I'm like, what, like something else must be going on. So, like, You know, I'm not prepared to answer that question. I'll I'll do some more research and we'll talk about it in discord, but I I don't understand what's going on there. I'll point out that first round leader, he's 90 to one. I'll absolutely, that's absolutely one of my plays because it's Mark Leishman. He can go low. I know he can. And, um, the rest of the guys, Ryan Palmer, I discuss him almost every week he's in a tournament. This is a perfect track for him because he's one of those guys like what we've been talking about can go super low any given day and then he can have the blow up spot, but again, a no cut event he can wrap up, you know, rack up those DraftKings FanDuel points for you. A few other guys I like that maybe aren't as sort of sexy in terms of the ability to go low um, the next few guys probably qualify there but I do like them Adam Hadwin Dylan Fratelli and Kevin Streelman of those three I probably like Streelman the best but I will have a couple shares of Hadwin and Fratelli the other guys I like were going down to kind of a 6500 range in DraftKings Joel Dahman is always a guy that again in that Ryan Palmer ilk that can get you a low round or two that I know um, Joel is, is usually on. Brandon Steele is interesting. He's also very popular for this range. To track it towards 10% at 6,500 tells me that like everybody's talking about this guy. His recent form has been good, but again, it is Brandon Steele, so you know, do with that what you will. There's a, a couple guys at
0: $6,500, right? <laughs> like that's the chalk we want to avoid most times out of 10
1: generally yes exactly so um uh, there's about five other guys i like that are super under the radar because they're they're less than 6500 so it makes sense michael thompson another guy that when you're on a long course he's always priced super low because he's not a long hitter much like brandon todd but for some reason always seems to be sort of in the mix on thursday and friday potentially into saturday i think he took down a tournament you know three or four months back so 3M. he's a guy at tracking at less than 1%. I mean, again, I understand it's a long course, but altitudes, let's see how long it actually plays. Lonto Griffin, I like. He's a little popular for this range, 6,300. He's tracking about 7%, which is pretty high. Uh, And then Tom Hogue has been good. He's 6,100. Again, he's another short hitter. But listen, this is one of those instances where if you just buck the narrative, like, oh, you got to be long. Like I I think that's a, a quality narrative. Don't get me wrong. But that doesn't mean short hitters can't succeed. So if you want to like have some contrarian lineups with these short hitters that are accurate and that have been winning lately, like a Tom Hogue, you're going to be you're going to be in decent shape. So that's kind of a nice contrarian move to jam in a few golfers that maybe are shorter but a lot more accurate. And then the last guy, Andrew Landry, again tracking at less than one percent. I think he's a solid play at 6100. I mean, considering the Ranger in, a solid play at 6100.
0: Yeah, last week at the Shriners, he uh, tied for 27th, put up 95 DraftKings points. You're not going to be angry about that. Obviously, I don't think the same thing's going to happen. One thing I will say, Joel, when you do have a second, um, click on Tom Hogue's picture and just lie to me and tell me you want to vote for uh, better than that guy. Get out of here. This is dumbass bull cutting buck teeth. I'm sorry, Tom Hogue. Um, Joel, talk to me about the 6K range a little bit
2: oh that's that's really funny i've so i'm i will i'll lie i will lie to you. there was a long portion that I've, I've already done that exercise where i saw his picture and i was just for no good reason was just turned off by playing him then he then he burned me one week and he did really well and that i eliminated that and i'm back on him he's a good golfer so um my my thought process in this range is I think there's some guys that are just mispriced. I think there's a few guys here that are just getting underpriced for this tournament, and I'm just going to highlight that because that's how I'm targeting based on the the price discrepancies. Um, One of them is Mackenzie Hughes. Mackenzie Hughes has been consistent. Uh, He's a good golfer. I think the one knock with Mackenzie Hughes on DraftKings and DFS is that he's not one of those guys that will, like, you know, gets a ton of birdies. He's more consistent, avoids the bad stuff. And I think this is the course that you need someone's going to avoid the bad stuff and be consistent. So I think this is a spot where if he can get you one real low day and stay consistent, I think he can really compete for you for under 7000 I think that's a great price. Um, another guy I'm really high on in this range is Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith has been playing great. His recent form is outstanding. Last year, he was a top 25 golfer for a long time. He did kind of lose form for a while, but it looks like he's, he, he's found something again, uh, and he's back in that form. So I like him a lot. I think he's getting undervalued. I think he's uh, he's someone that can be a really good sneaky play for you this week. Um, I think Sia was spot on with everything he said about Mark Leishman. Um but the only problem is, and the reason why he's priced here is that he's just recently has been bad. But you're right, he's a better golfer than the price tag he is at right now. He's actually like no, normal times, he's probably mid eights, high eights. Like he's a good golfer. He just has been poor recently. So I think I agree. Like, definitely, there's he's. You guys know me. He's got, he's got to come back eventually, and you want to be on him when he does. So if this is the week, I think it's a, definitely a good spot. for If you want to be contrarian, be different, get someone there who's capable of getting a top five at this price range, he's definitely someone that can do that. Um, the, uh, there's a few guys I'm going to mention that are all in the same elk. That's Ryan Palmer, byung Young, and Joel Dahman. Uh, I'll even throw Cameron Champ in there. Champ I like mainly because he um, – He's normally someone that's, like, priced in the high sevens, low eights. And I don't like him, like, I just don't like him. But now seeing his price so low, it just – something doesn't feel right. It's like, okay, you guys really dropped the price tag. Where now it feels like if you normally saw him as an $8,000 golfer, I mean, his form isn't, like, good. But it's not terrible. It's just he is who he is. I think if this could be an interesting spot, you can have a good week uh, at this price rate. definitely worth putting a few shares of him in there. And the other three guys are just, like, definitely showdown plays. And those are all definitely, like, GPPs. Like, these are guys that can get low. They can give you a streak, but they're just not consistent. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, do with that as you will. That They're really good ball strikers, maybe not good putters, things like that. So definitely guys to have your be on your radar. Um, I'll mention Kevin Na because Kevin Na played well last week. We mentioned him then. He's a good golfer. Um, I actually don't really understand why he's, he's – he should be in the mid sevens to me. So I think, again, we're getting a value on Na this week with that. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this when we get to the betting part, but Michael Thompson, I, I haven't been playing as much in DFS, but I like him this week as my first-round leader, but he does come out. He has some good first rounds. So, um, you know, I'll take a look at him because actually with, at, you know, 1% ownership, yeah, I agree. He can compete this week, and if you're going to a guy that can be that contrarian with him, I, I think that, that could be a good look. And other than that, the, the last the maybe guy that I'll mention down here toward the bottom um, – I think Duncan at basically the minimum is something it's okay to look at more of like a roster builder. Like if you have the perfect lap, you just need that one last 6 guy. He's the guy to go with. I don't love him. I could have a super high percentage of him in here. Uh, and the last guy that that I'll mention is, uh, Harry Higgs. Harry Higgs is a guy that I've been on since he, he got hot in the, uh, what was it, the Northern Trust where he finished taking in the top five or top 10. Um, I think he's, a, he's pretty good. Uh, he's, it's okay that he's a bigger guy because he's young. So I can, I can live with that. <laughs> and uh, i think he could be like, a good different spot at this price range this week.
0: yeah he got harry higgs got second at the safeway he was tied for 11th at the northern trust so yeah he's yeah. recent form definitely good definitely good granted he didn't make the cut last week but it seems like he was minus six so just seems like the cut was really really low last week and i saw that yeah. with a couple guys going through i don't think morikawa even made the cut last week and he was minus five or minus six so kind of crazy um is pretty good so that is our dfs portion of the show uh julian i hope you're still here hanging out with us because this is where so first what i'll ask is sia and joel to give if you were to bet 150 dollars on two different golfers who would it and then we always like those fun you know let's put a dollar on someone that's 125 to one who do we put we put two bucks on someone that was 600 to one last week or a couple weeks ago of course it didn't hit but man it would have been sweet well man.
1: i think it was william mcgert who withdrew before the tournament even started oh, which is hilarious of son of a <laughs> big man
0: fat slot no i'm kidding will i'm sure you're a great guy. um so yeah talk to me a little bit about who we, who we put some outrights on this week
1: OK, so I'll, I'll give the outrights that I have and then I'll and then I'll answer Julian's okay. question because it's a slightly different analysis. If I, like, I'm typically taking long shots, so I don't want to do that if somebody's been 150 bucks. So um, the outrights I like, let's start in the 33 to one range, which honestly is, is a little too high for me. But I do like Abraham answer and Victor Hovland at 33 to one. Um, I like Ryan Palmer at 90 to one. But honestly, Palmer's more of a first round guy than he is an outright winner. Um, Billy Horschel at 80 to one, I think, makes a lot of sense. And then I get these guys out 175 to one. So so let me just recap. Answer and Hovland at 33 to one. I'm just going to throw out Ryan Palmer. That's not one of them. Billy Horschel, that's my third one at 81. And then these two guys are both 175 to one. Do I actually think they can win this tournament? Not really. But it's, you know, it's a no-cut event. And if you get hot for a couple days and some of the top tier guys don't get hot, then Then here you are. Dylan Fratelli and Kevin Strillman are both 175 to 1. I actually think there's a little bit of value there. I mean, that's a better bet for a top 20, obviously, um, but I might I might throw a couple bucks on those two guys. So th- those are my outrights. But as far as Julian's question, there are three guys that I like. Like, I don't want to, like, coach him on how to bet necessarily, but let's just assume for the sake of argument that you were, instead of 150 on two, you you're going to do 100 on three. I mean, that's still a big bet. If it's just three golfers instead of two, mm-hmm. I would pick Xander Shoffley. Uh, You know, he's 11 to one, which, you know, it's not great, but you're putting 100 to 150 on it. And then. Matthew Wolf at 18 to one, I I like. And then the longer shot, but a guy who I actually think has a chance to win this tournament is Victor Hovland at 33 to one, who, of course, I already mentioned. So I think if you put 100 guys, it's $100 on those three guys, um, you'd have a decent shot.
0: That's the thing. 100 bucks on someone that's 11 to one. That's. That's a pretty good return. That's not like a bad day. Um, Joel, what do you have in terms of outright bets for the CJ Cup? My brother's name CJ, by the way. I forgot to mention. Oh, yes. yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right.
2: My son's name is CJ. So there we go. That's, We're making a Are you serious? <laughs> well, we call him Carter, but his, CJ is his initials. So. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Uh, See, did you know that Joel had a son? I don't think so. No. no I, this had is no, new I to legitimately me. had no idea. Are you kidding He's, me?
2: He's a baby. He's 16 months old, but yes, I have
0: a <laughs> Alright. learn something new. Okay. Well, um, well. Th- thank him first off. Thank him for never interrupting the show. He's been fantastic yeah. this whole time. I've known him. <laughs> him so. um, Alright. So. <laughs> uh, Joel, talk to me a little bit. I guess less about your son, more about the CJ Cup.
2: Yeah, so um, first, I want to help Julian, right? So Julian, obviously, use your money the way you want, but if it was me doing it, right, to give you what my strategy would be, I would do it this way. I would break my 300 up into three parts. I would pick three $300 bets. The one of them would be a long shot, right? I want to give myself a shot to make some serious cash. I'm going to bet $100. It's not likely to win, but you're going to give yourself a chance to really make some like, okay, now I've made some serious money. And the guy I'm looking at for that, um, it's a risky play, but the guy, there's two guys down here that I really like. Michael Thompson, who we mentioned it, another thing, mainly the, the reason he's getting picked here is, is value, right? He's literally the top five guy, uh, uh, guys in terms of long shot. He's 400 to 1. Do I think he's a favorite to win this tournament? Absolutely not. But I can certainly, like, he's he's done that before. He's won tournaments. He can put together a long weekend. Of the guys in this range that can do that, I think he's a fair play. So if you want to really take a shot at somebody, I think that's the long shot to take. And then I would take my other $200 and put it on safe play. So knowing that – even though we're having fun, obviously there's a chance that when – knowing that that first bet's a likely loss, how are we going to actually make our money back to make sure that we're not just taking a bath this week? So I wouldn't actually put it on any other winners. Then I would take my other $200 and I would look at either top fives or top 20s. I prefer top 20s. I like going safer. I like to get a win. That's my thought process is I'm going in for the win. So my safest play on the top 20 – um is i want to go for one of the one of the you know more respected guys that i don't have to give too much juice on right because we don't want to go minus 250 or minus 200 so someone like scotty sheffler plus 110 harris english at plus 125 sung J M at plus 110 daniel berger at my, minus 110 is probably my favorite play um in terms of using the other 100 to and the top 20 so you don't need to win you just need to get in the top 20 and then you're going to win your money back actually plus odds on most of these guys so maybe plus a little bit of juice so that's how I would kind of strategize. If you could use that same concept for first-round leader, if you don't want to bet on Michael Thomas to win the whole thing, you want to go first-round leader, there's more likely you'll get a long shot to hit day one than you will for a full week. So I'm completely on board with that too. You just won't get 400 to one, but you'll get maybe 100 to one or something like that on somebody and they can come in for the first round. So um, that's how I would approach it. Now, in terms of who I like to win the tournament and, and some of the best, I think, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I don't just tell you to do it because – you know, I, I want you to lose your money. I do it because I do the same thing. I'm probably going to put a little bit myself on Michael Thompson. To win just because I like 401, not because I actually think he's going to win, but I think that's a good value. I like Michael's strategy. We put a few bucks on it. No big deal if we lose, but if it hits, it's going to feel real good. So uh, I like that play. And then there's some guys that are just like value plays. So there are a lot of guys we mentioned already, but some thing with the good value plays here are Cameron Champ, who's uh, 135 to 1. Mark Leachman, the exact same, 135 to 1. And I'm going to go back to Harry Higgs at um, 275 to 1.
0: Just taking some notes. Uh, Michael Thompson, four hundred to one. That's that's a dollar bet waiting to happen in my book. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, all right. So that and I appreciate both of you giving different strategies to Julian. It sounds like if you're gonna have three hundred dollars, you might as well take three one hundred dollar bets because again, the more bets you have, the better chance. And 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 Joel, I like the way you're thinking. Hey, take a huge long shot and then take a couple guys for top twenty. Most both of them good shot out of seventy six guys. You really have to screw up if you're one of these top-tier guys to not land in the top 20. So I think that's a good way to look at it. So uh, the fun part of the show, Sia, where are some of these first-round leader bets? I love these. Hold on.
1: Yeah, so before I get to that, Joel, Joel, just just for the sake of argument, though, let's just instead of two – Let's pick because I know you mentioned Michael Thompson as a long shot. Pick one golfer that may, might have like forty to one odds or, or or better. Like, is there a guy that if you're if, if a guy's just intent on putting one hundred and fifty dollars on this one guy that has you know reasonable odds or or really good at whatever it is, who's that golfer? That you're gonna be like, all right, if you if you if you're gonna make me give you advice on one hundred fifty dollar play, who is it?
2: So, is the stipulation it's got to be four hundred to one or better, or it could be any kind of a long shot? Because it could be four hundred to one.
1: I mean you have to actually think he can win the tournament you know what i mean it, you have to actually think that like he has more than like a you know four percent chance of winning the tournament he's got to be like somewhere in a reasonable range to actually win
2: i i don't think anyone below two 200, yeah below 275 to one has a chance of winning the tournament other than michael thomas so if you're going to go that high of odds that's the only guy i would like to target in that range um, if you're going to go up, if you're willing to go maybe 200 to one, 150 to one in that range, I think there's a handful of guys that could maybe cash. And if I had to give you my advice on one guy to put your money on, I think, um, you know, from like a Vegas standpoint and an odd standpoint, I think the best guys to target are probably Cameron Champ and Mark Leishman for the reason that they're both, let me just double check, 135 to one. And they're both guys that could easily have been 20 spots higher than they are Mm -hmm. now. Uh, Maybe bad form, whatever. I just think they're undervalued. So it's a value play. They're capable of winning. You know, I'm not playing them overly in DFS, but these are guys that are worth throwing a dart
0: at for sure.
1: But what about a guy that's like actually like in the top 40, like 40 to one odds or like 30 to one Like what about a guy like that?
0: Justin Thomas, at 10 to one. You put a hundred dollars on him. You take a thousand dollars back. That's not bad. I'm not angry about that day.
1: Oh no, I will will that. see that's the thing. Somebody who's willing to put $150 down on a single golfer isn't really looking for the long shot. Yeah. If they you know what yeah. I'm saying like, cuz they could easily put 5 bucks on that 175 yeah. to 1 shot. So that's I like we
0: should we should that, coach them so the in dollar it,
1: bets. Typically the guy who's putting $150 wants to get a guy that like like legit, you know, you know, every third or fourth tournament is in the conversation on Sunday. So like I'm talking about a guy that's like 10 to 1 or 15 to 1 or 20 to 1 or 30 to 1 like Joel, like what's a guy like in that top tier that you're like, all right, if you have to put 150, like who, who's the guy? I
2: have, I have two guys I like. Um, the the first is Justin Thomas. Um, listen, he's just great. And he's not he's not you know, he's not been balking. His form is there. Um, my reason the reason he's my second play, not my favorite is just because the odds are what well, they are. He, he should be those odds. He's that good. But I just think it's a much better value, and a guy I really like this week is Daniel Berger. So Mm. Daniel Berger, you're going to get almost three times the the value, and I think he's not that far behind Justin Thomas. So from a value standpoint, I think my number one play would be Daniel Berger to win the tournament.
1: Yeah, I actually like the Berger play. He's constantly disrespected from an odds and a pricing standpoint, and honestly, on on any day, like I I I I recommended Xander, but. On any Sunday, I mean, you you could see Berger ahead of Xander and Xander ahead of Berger. So there's plenty of value at twenty-eight to one or wherever you get it. Some places probably thirty to one. So I, Berger's a smart play there for sure. Okay, so you want me to get to the first round leaders? First round leaders, let's do it. Are you ready? So okay, we got. Uh, I'm going to just go again with with Hovland and Answer, even though their odds are kind of kind of shorter. Hovland's thirty-three to one. Answer's forty to one. I like them both. Um came Kim at sixty to one. Mm. Uh, Strelman at eighty to one. And you guys ready for me to break some news? I totally yeah. forgot. Oh god, that's yeah. crazy! Right. I completely forgot. The breaking news is that I'm delivering on Tuesday for Thursday is Ryan Palmer at sixty-six to one is going to be your first round leader. You're didn't welcome, you do, America.
2: Didn't
0: you do Ryan Palmer already? Yeah, but but I don't think I broke news when I when uh, I was doing Ryan thank Palmer. You, now, I, yeah. who well, was then, the news that you broke last week? I don't remember who it was. Charles Schwartzer, maybe. Might have been you yeah, came really close.
1: Uh, I think he was a he was a stroke off of the lead in the first round. Man, I believe
0: every every time you're so close, and I still lose my money. It's crazy. I don't know. It's <laughs> crazy how that works, isn't it? Isn't yeah. that just weird? weird. Um, all right, Joel, who do you got for some first round leaders? Don't break sorry. any news. Bro. I'm I'm
2: I, I was just going to say so, sorry. See, I, I have to break some news. I've never done this before. I'm live oh. on the air. I have to break news. It's not even golf news. I'm actually breaking news. And in fairness, I just got on my phone, but Le'Veon Bell just got cut by the Jets.
0: Well, wow. wow. that's kind of cool,
1: actually. Release. Release. They couldn't find any trade value for him, so they yeah. just went ahead which and is shocking.
2: Him. This is well, yeah. they, they owed him
1: cool. they owed him, I believe, a two million dollar bonus if he was on the team Thursday. So uh, I guess they just didn't want to pay the two mil. So somebody's he's not gonna clear waivers, somebody's gonna pick him up. i was gonna
2: drag him for sure. For sure. Um sorry, that's so cool. get back. That's cool. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, that was actual breaking news. Thank you, sir. <laughs> So, first round leaders, because I know we're, we're wrapping up here. Um, listen, first round leaders, we want value. We want to hit big on the first round. Let's 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 have a good sweat on Thursday. Uh, as, as as Michael Thomas, the same thing. To win the tournament, right? First round is probably the better play. Getting a good number here at 150 to one. Um, I also like Richie Rorensky, It's the same thing, 150 to one. Uh, another guy who is capable in this range of having that that one day where he goes super low. Um, Now, in terms of a first-round leader that, to be honest, I'm more realistically like, um, I like Kevin Knott. So, Kevin Knott, you're getting 80-1. to He's coming in to good form. He didn't have a good Sunday, but he's coming off a strong tournament. Um, And this is a guy that I think, you know, when he is clicking, he's as good of, you know, could be a top-20 guy. So, he goes in and out with injuries and things like that. But right now, his form seems to be good, so I think he can get a good value there with him.
0: Beautiful. And we broke news. That's kind of sweet. Um, How perfect is that? Well, that is our DFS and betting breakdown of the CJ Cup. Joel's son, my brother, um, not the same person, but the same name, at least. I think that part's pretty important. We had some fun, as always. I really enjoy my men, Sia and Joel here with me on these Tuesday nights. So um, anything else? I think that's everything. Get ready. uh, Hop in the Discord, windailysports.com backslash chat. You get seven free days in the expert Discord chat where, that's what I have, um, there was a gentleman, not in our Discord, which would have been sweet, but there was a gentleman who put a 20-leg parlay together with just matchups from the last uh, tournament, where we at? the Shriners. He hit on every single one, and I want to say he turned $5 into 680000 which was more than the person who won the tournament last week, um, which is pretty hysterical so shout out that guy i see joel's face i i also see joel's brain moving what are the 20 legs that i'm going to put down and the reason i bring that up is because sia and joel love the matchups i know sia in particular loves kind of watching the people for a day or two and then we can look at the matchups from there so get into that expert discord chat that way you can find out who our 20 leg parlay is i think we'll uh we'll we'll have something there right Sia, yeah definitely um and you know we'll hopefully all take down one of these books i think that would be pretty fun i think that would be a lot of fun (laughs) <laughs> Joel is in. He wants a new apartment. He's tired of this one already. Let's go. Um, see where can everybody find you on the internet if they're not in our Discord chat, which they will be, winddailysports.com backslash chat pretty soon.
1: And follow us at WindailySports, but you can follow me at Sia Najad. That's S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D.
0: All right. Joel, where can everybody find I'm, you?
2: I'm at Draftmaster Flex everywhere. You know where to find me.
0: Draftmaster Flex. flex. Um, I think your name on Twitter now is cool guy with a haircut. I think you changed that handle still the same, but uh name has changed. You can find me at Michael Raziel one. You can find us as Sia said at WindailySports. One more time for the people in the back, wind backslash chat, come hang out with us. And uh, yeah, we hope you make it a very profitable CJ cup weekend, I guess. Thanks everybody. Breaking news. Cia was wrong again.